Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I am your host, Randy Lee Boslaw. Today, I'm going to be talking to Rachel Michelson, but we're going to be informal and I'm going to call her Ray. It's what she asked me to do, so it's okay. I didn't just make it up. <laughs> Here we go. Welcome, Ray. Super excited to have you on the show. Excited to be here. Now, where are you joining us from? Um, I'm actually in the UK, in the northeast of England. And there. it's quite sunny today for a change. I'm quite happy. <laughs> this is all natural lighting. It's not any sort of like extra lighting. Oh. It's all natural from the sun. Nice. Yeah, mine's all not from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it's only morning over there, though. So, yeah. It's true. It's true. It's only like 8.30 right now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name's uh, Rachel Michelson, or Ray, if we're being informal. And um, my, my background is in acting, uh, initially. And then I went into mindset work as a complete, total different shift. Um, mainly because I suffered with a lot of mental health issues and a lot of mental health problems, including depression and anxiety. Um, and then my daughter went through a few issues while she was at school and her mental health and it just seemed it was becoming more and more prevalent so I started looking into it whilst I was doing my mindset training for myself my own personal journey and the statistics that were coming out were shocking to say the least um, it was something like 54% of all children in the UK um, have some form of mental health illness and that for me was like whoa what no this shouldn't be happening um and then when I looked at research for adults it was even worse so it was just like no this needs to change uh so I, I started really delving into the whole mindset side of things and I actually became qualified as a mental health and mindset coach and I now run my own business um enabling others to live the life free of anxiety and depression um, I'm a wife. I've got a wonderful husband called Josh, who basically every crazy idea I ever have, he supports. And I've got um, I'm a mum to a daughter called Ash, who's 21. And my son, who is called Taryn, he has special needs. He's autistic. Um, and he turns 18 in a couple of weeks. So I feel really old at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't look my age I hasten so hard so I'm quite glad of that um so yeah um the main one of the main reasons I actually started down the hall setting up my own business as well was um I did something in this country they do back to work interviews after you've been to university or something things like that to study um I have got ME I'm diagnosed with ME which is also known as CFS chronic fatigue syndrome okay um and then I've got fibromyalgia and I've got polycystic ovary syndrome and I've been recently diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos as well. So I've got quite a combination of conditions that yeah. can be quite debilitating. Um, and they basically turned around and said, well, because you're unreliable with me, certainly with my fibro and my MA, I could go to work at a superstar, do a 12 hour shift, and then I could be in bed for a week, two weeks, or even just a couple of days but I wouldn't be able to tell them how long I'd need off. So yeah. it made me unreliable. So basically the job center in the UK shot me on the scrap heap, as we put it. And um, that didn't help my depression or my anxiety at all. No, I guess not. <laughs> so then I sat back and once I'd got rid of my victim mentality, um, 
I basically turned and said, right, okay, how can I make something of my life effectively? Because nobody wants to be on benefits all their life. It's not, not the best life to have. Um, much as people think it is, it's not. It's not a glorious life at all. Um, so I set up my own business in mindset coaching because I can work my own hours. A lot yeah. of it is done online. Um, so and through emails and messenger and stuff like that. So even on the days when I'm at my worst and I'm stuck in bed, I can jump on my laptop and I can still communicate with people and still enable them to live their better lives. Yeah, I love that. There's always a way to make it work. Yeah, never give in. <laughs> exactly. You just might have to come up with a plan B, C, W, X, Y, Z. <laughs> I've got all them as well. <laughs> Exactly. Just keep going through the alphabet. If you run out of alphabet, just start doubling the letters. You're on, you know. I'll start on numbers. Exactly. <laughs> and 167. It's all good. Just keep going. I love that. So you mentioned some depression, anxiety. When did you notice that you were having issues with that? Um, well, I actually started my first episode of depression goes all the way back when to I was about 15. Okay. Um, that was when it was at its worst. It probably started a lot earlier than that, actually, if truth be, if I really think about it. Um, I was bullied quite badly at school, all through my school life. Um, and it got to the stage when I was 15 where it was that bad and I didn't seem, it didn't seem like anybody was helping. I mean, obviously my parents tried the best to get the school to stop it happening. Yeah. But the more they went in, it seemed the worse the bullying got uh, to the extent where it went from being mental and emotional to physical. Oh my. Um, so, and it was a case of it got to the stage where I didn't want to be here anymore. Um, so, yeah, I did try to take my own life. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, you should never, ever be ashamed of anything we've done, mental health wise. Um, we shouldn't even be ashamed of our mental health. Um, yes, that's why the show exists. Exactly. I'm, I'm grateful this show exists for that reason um, because I am very much a person who's about breaking societal norms and breaking down barriers and taboo subjects um, for a very, very long time after I'd attempted to take my own life, um, obviously unsuccessfully, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. I basically, um, it was kind of swept under the carpet like a dirty little secret. My mum and my dad, obviously now looking back, I know it was to protect me. Mm -hmm. they were like don't tell anybody it's happened just you, you've been in hospital because you weren't very well this that and the other they didn't even tell the school it had happened nobody knew other than basically what my very very close friend who I'm still very very close friends with even okay. now um and my like my family my immediate family as in my mum my dad and my brother um, how did that make you feel having to hide it at the time it didn't really make me feel anything I didn't really think anything of it but okay. The older I got, the more I realised I hadn't dealt with it because it was hidden. Okay. And I, hadn't, I hadn't moved on from it because I'd hidden it away. And the more I thought about it, the more I felt disgusted with myself and I felt um, like it was a dirty little secret and that it was, it shouldn't, you know, it, why should it be hidden away? Um, so I actually, when I was writing my book, um, Life of the Universe and ME, Punch Anxiety in the Face, I literally just went, do you know what? Everything's coming out the, out the wardrobe. I don't care what it is. If it's to do with mental health, it's coming out. And I yeah. pre-warned my parents before they bought the book. I said, look, there's going to be things in there you ain't going to like. I said, I said to my mum, even like just as I was writing, I said, look, I've wrote about my suicide attempts. Um, 
if you don't like it, tough because I needed to do it for me. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it for anybody else. Well, I have done it for other people. I've done it yeah. to, for other people to realise that it shouldn't be hidden away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my daughter self-harmed for quite a while um, during a period of time while she was at school because she was bullied. And mm-hmm. we actually saw um, the mental health team for children over here. Okay. Um, we were sat in the office and I actually, because at the time I didn't realise she had been self-harming. It came out in the office with the uh, counsellor. And I turned around and I was like, do you want to know something, sweetheart? I'm so proud of you. Now, the counsellor took that to mean that I was proud because she'd admitted it. No, I then turned around and said, I'm proud because you didn't do what I did. Uh... You had the control to know not to try and take your own life. You had the control to self-harm instead. And (laughs) the counsellor was like, that that's wrong no you shouldn't be saying things like that you shouldn't be praising her for, t- for, for self-harm and I was like well what's the alternative I scold her and she, she goes off and does it again no it was her coping mechanism and I'm proud it she she took it to that level and not any further because yeah. it could have gone a lot worse and I mean it's not like you were saying I want you to keep doing it oh, no, no, right you were there to try and work through it it's just yeah in comparison to what could have happened so mm-hmm. I was celebrating the fact she was still there exactly so now this is not um, quite the same story, but just to give another kind of concept of looking at the ben- the good in a situation, a few years ago, so my youngest has autism as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was in grade seven, so 12, I feel mm-hmm. like 12. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, 11, 12. And, uh, up to that point, meltdowns meant yelling, screaming, throwing things, hitting. Um, I had been chased with a knife. I had been tried, he had tried to push us down the stairs, you know, just crazy amounts of things that most people don't have to experience. And at this time, he was actually, he was going to a treatment facility and living there Sunday night to Friday. And then he'd come home on the weekend. And the one weekend he was, oh, he was home and he was starting to get into a meltdown and instead instead of having that full-blown meltdown of throwing things which always ended up in us having to call the police to take him to the hospital because we couldn't even mm-hmm. calm him down um he peed on my husband okay so we're telling after we go back back to the treatment facility and we're talking to the social worker we tell her this and me and my husband are laughing because when we think about what could have happened yeah and what did happen it's funny and it's a win right kind of like you're and I mean it's not to the extreme of self-harm although we've been down that road too but it's knowing what did happen and appreciating how far we have come yeah of course the social worker was giving us that look like right just like you were saying (laughs) Why are you laughing? And I'm like, I didn't laugh in front of him. I told him, you know, you need to clean up, go get your butt in the shower. You need to apologize. Right. And then as soon as he left the room, we're just laughing our asses off. (laughs) I totally get that 100%. Totally know where you're coming from. You have to know where the person or the family unit has been and what they've been through to know why something is good or funny. Totally. So. I just, I, that story popped into my head as you were saying that, because 
very similar in the in the kind of look and reaction that we got yeah, for yeah. something that we're like yes it was just pee <laughs> right like it didn't end up in a hospital trip nobody got hurt nothing got broken no police involvement <laughs> no police involvement yeah it was just pee like <laughs> if that's if that is the worst thing that happens today cool so what um I'm curious to know what was your daughter doing for self-harm? Because I know there's a lot of different different things people can do. Um, she was actually using a razor blade um, and cutting herself. Um, after she'd been to the counsellor, um, they, uh, they recommended an elastic band around the wrist, a tight elastic band. Okay. And when she felt she needed self-harm, basically she had to pull on it as far as she could without snapping it and then let it spring back. And the oh. pain sensation she got from that should detract from the it, it equals it to basically the pain she'd get from cutting yeah is what they equate it to that's how they've equated it um mm -hmm. it did work for quite a while but then it stopped working and we started worrying that she was going to go like relapse effectively mm -hmm. but by this point i'd already learned enough through the mindset and stuff like that um she developed anxiety attacks like really really bad anxiety attacks yeah um and uh, she didn't want to she didn't want to be medicated for it she tried medication and she I remember one trip, she'll probably kill me for saying this, but we went shopping to our local superstar um, and she'd taken the meds late. So they were just kind of kicking in, but she hadn't eaten properly either. So she was like proper, effectively tripping. And she was just going down the aisles, like pretending she was a fairy and all sorts. It's like, what are you doing, child? Like dancing down the aisles. I was like, what are you doing child and we, me and her dad were just we were we were bad laughing we shouldn't have laughed I know we shouldn't laugh but it was just so funny yeah and she, we, 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 in that situation too like yeah. she was like she was giggling away and she's like going up to me and going hello how are you today I'm a fairy <laughs> pleased to meet you and I was just like oh my god <laughs> I I yep I can see that and it was just I like to laugh too but I, I I really enjoyed seeing her like that because it'd been so long since I'd seen her happy Yes. in any way shape or form that just to even although I knew it was like medically induced happiness it was great because she was happy yes. and she was chilled and she was relaxed and she was out in public and she was doing stuff she wanted to do yeah. um, and I think that made me kind of strive a bit more to want to learn more about dealing with anxiety attacks and stuff like that which we did and we got her off medication um to the extent where she coped that well with her anxiety attacks and actually she hasn't had one touch wood she hasn't had one in a very long time now um, she decided that she wanted to go away to university now i was having kittens That's a big step yeah because it wasn't just like five minutes down the road so if things got a bit nasty she could come home yeah. it was like over 200 miles away wow. we're like top end of England near enough I mean there's not much further than you're in Scotland that's how far, far north oh, we are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're about an hour away from Scotland okay. um and she's all the way down near London effectively she's just a little bit up, further up from London wow. so it's just like that's a heck of a, a heck of a big jump I mean yep. obviously we celebrated that with her and we we, we said you know if that's where you want to go then you go we've always been very supportive of whatever our children want to do Good. It's their lives. I can't yeah. live their life for them, nor will I tell them what to do with their lives because it's their lives to make the mistakes with. Yes. And um, she met a very, very nice girlfriend down there and she's moved in with her and she's, she's set happy and settled. 
and they keep it to the balance. So it's really, it's really good. And obviously, she has her coping strategies in place and stuff like that. And she knows we're only a phone call away if she needs us. So everything right. at present is fine and calm and handy. So she was, she was my first success, we'll say. <laughs> Other than myself, obviously. That's good though, because that one's your baby too, right? Yeah. She was my guinea pig. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that it worked out for her being the guinea pig. Oh, um, so let's take it back a little bit to mm-hmm. talking about your suicide attempt and how you got through that. Because I remember you were saying that it brushed it under the, the rug. And mm-hmm. so it took a long time to kind of deal with it. So while it was brushed under the rug, what, how were you dealing with it so that you didn't make another attempt? Um... Well, how I dealt with the bullying side of things, um, it was the very last day of term before we left to go on to, we do like exam prep for a couple of weeks before our exam. So we get, we used to have two weeks off, two to three weeks off prior to our exams where we could just revise at home. Okay. Um, so that for me was going to be my breaker, but I knew then I'd have to face him again when I got back into school for my exam. So it's like, right, what can I do to stop anything else happening? when I come back because I knew full well I'd get worked up the closer it got to me going back I'd be working up again so the last day of term I just I basically I felt I effectively found, found my gumption shall we say and okay. um I called him out and I was just like look you know you think you're big and hard you think you know put your fists where your mouth is oh you, 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 you want to go let's go and basically I made sure he th- threw the first punch Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get told off because it was self-defense. Exactly. See, my, my dad raised me that way. <laughs> my dad always taught me, never start a fight, but you can end it. That's what I always said too. Yeah. So at, at lunchtime, basically, we, we had our little scrap and I thought that was the end of it all. I went home, had my lunch with my best mate, um, went back to school and it went around school like wildfire that he was going to jump me after school. <gasps> oh my. Um. Lots of people were keeping it a secret from me, but it got to my best friend, who obviously I, walk, I was walking home with that night as well. And she was like, she came and met me and she was like, here's your bag. And I was like, what? She went, he's going to jump you. I nearly said his name then. <laughs> um, I will protect his anonymity because obviously yeah. we, we're grown ups now. Um, and I'm bigger than that. And it was, um, he basically, he jumped me um, and another fight ensued. And, um, the next thing I remember, I'm like, I'm literally kind of knocking him out on the PE block wall. Um, but he went down, was dazed and confused. Um, I didn't fully knock him out, fortunately. Um, but because he was down on the floor, that was it as far as I was concerned. Fight over. Yeah. As soon as it's down on the deck, you walk away. Yeah. He got up and started on me again. So obviously I had to defend myself again. By this point, teachers are coming over and, and everyone's like running away and scrambling and stuff like that. Um, and I got him on the deck again and I, I ran off. Um, and I actually got hauled into the headmaster's office and I was going to be suspended for fighting. Oh. He wasn't. I was. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I literally, I remember to this day, I literally turned around the head teacher and said, that's fine. You do that. I've got every single newspaper in the area. I'll tell them I start my full story and how much you didn't help me. Yeah. Um, and also, um, I know for well, it's literally because he's predicted to get higher grades than I am in my exams. Oh. It was all about exam league tables by that point. And 
basically neither of us got expelled or and or, and even disciplined really i just got a little bit of a finger wagging um and obviously my dad and mum were there with me and they my dad walked out and she, he was like i'm so proud of you for standing up for yourself and i'm so glad you gave it to him <laughs> i was like thanks dad so that was like as far as i was concerned afterwards that was that and actually it pretty much was um we both played ice hockey at the, at the time um oh. i played for the girls team he played for the boys team and um we had training after each other and he'd been basically bragging that he'd had this fight with me and he, he'd laced me all over yeah and one of his mates who was on the team who was who was at the fight turned around and says um that's not how i remember it and he actually told the truth as Ooh. i've as i'm walking in for my training um i had a tiny little bruise on my cheek and like he was he was messed up i'm not gonna lie I did a number on him. I do regret it. I hasten to add because nobody should ever have to resort to, to violence to sort an issue out. We're not saying we condone violence, oh, no, no. but at that point in time, it was all I could do to save myself. Um, so basically, he got laughed at by his entire team and made to feel tiny, and that kind of made me feel good because he knew how I felt then. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the turning point for me. And yeah. I actually kind of felt sorry for him by the end of training yeah because he'd experienced what i'd been through but only on a small scale yeah. and i felt guilty that i'd caused that to happen yeah but at the same time you needed to protect yourself exactly so i did <laughs> well that's good so let's fast forward a little bit and mm -hmm. uh what other kind of coping skills have you used or learned that work for you i mean you probably know lots since you are certified to help people through it but what works for you for me personally i tend to use things like uh, visualization techniques um journaling is a really good one i've just discovered after moon, many many moons now um audio journaling oh yeah <laughs> basically obviously people talk about journaling and they talk about you know you close your eyes and whatever pops into your head you write down on a piece of paper which ends up looking like a complete mess which is great Sometimes you can't make sense of that mess though because you've wrote words over words and, and things like that. So it becomes quite messy. Whereas audio journaling is a little bit easier to fathom out because obviously you just close your eyes, you press record on your phone, whatever, and you just say whatever comes in, whatever comes in here comes out there, no matter what it is, even if it's a bunch of swear words. And then obviously you can go back through and if something jumps out at you, you can basically pluck it out and say, why did I say that? What's, what's that in context do? And you can start piecing together. It basically becomes like a big jigsaw puzzle yeah. of, of your mind and your life. And, but it brings focus to, and clarity to yourself. So you can move forward and say, right, well, I need to deal with this, this, and this mm -hmm. to be able to do that, that, and that. And it, it, it does make life a lot easier doing it uh, audio-wise. So yeah. I'm now trying to convert a lot of my clients to go from writing journal to audio journal. <laughs> Kind of convinced him it's a good thing. That is very interesting. I hadn't heard of that way of doing it. I mean, journaling, I only just learned about it. Yeah, journaling is something almost every guest talks about. I'm going to say 90% say write it down, journaling. But you were the first one to mention the, the audio. That's very cool. Go new skill. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I love about all the different guests. Everybody comes with at least one different nugget of yeah. gold. But I also like to do my affirmations. 
I'm a big believer in the affirmations. Um, on days when I'm feeling really crappy, I will literally get my face in front of a mirror and I will say something random to myself, affirmation. My go-to one tends to be, um, I am strong, I am powerful. I'm the tornado that tears it down and I am the line that has the strength. That is awesome. It actually came about, I had um, a tarot reading done okay. by a friend and she had like a, a deck that was a bunch of witches. It was like witch tarot deck card, lovely deck of cards. And this the, the picture for strength is a witch with a tornado behind her, a little cat, a little black cat, and a big line behind the little black cat. Oh, okay. So for me, that represented, obviously, if something's wrong, I tear it down with a tornado. Mm -hmm. um, I take myself back to being the little black cat because I feel small at the time when it's happening, but then I can build myself back up to be the big, strong lion. That's so cool. I like that imagery. Mm -hmm. wow. So it's kind of a little bit of visualization with with an affirmation. Yeah, combining the best of both worlds right up in there. That's great. And what would you tell somebody who's listening right now and dealing with their own depression or anxiety? Don't be ashamed of it. Don't hide it away. Um, talk about it. Talk to somebody, you know, seek help. Don't, don't think, don't sit there and think, I'm not going to ring my GP um, or my medical professionals because I'm not worth it. You are 100% worth it. In fact, you're more than 100% worth it. Um, don't hide it away because to hide it away makes it worse. Um, keep breathing. Write your feelings down. Obviously, you know, not, not necessarily journaling, but just getting things written down because sometimes... I know in the past when I've had a really bad bout of depression, I found it really hard to talk to people. Yeah. Not that it was, it was hard to talk to people. It was more a case of, I didn't know how to say something because mm -hmm. obviously it is a taboo subject still. It is quite a big barrier to step over, especially when you are feeling so low and down. You, yeah. you do feel like you're not worth anything. So basically if you write how you feel down, you've got something there as a visual reference for yourself to say, right, this is what I need to say to people. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they'll listen. Um, I mean, obviously if you talk to family members and stuff like that, um, they should definitely listen. How I basically say it usually is if somebody has a cold and they're asked, are you okay? How are you today? You tell people you have a cold, you know, I've got a bit of a sniffle. Yeah. You know, I'm a bit runny, blah, blah, blah. I'm a bit run down because I've got a cold. Yeah. But if you are suffering with mental health and somebody says, oh, how are you feeling today? I'm fine. Body language doesn't say you're fine. Your tone of voice doesn't say you're fine, but yeah. you're saying you're fine. And people don't challenge that because they're scared to because they don't know how to deal with mental health issues. And yeah. I totally get that because society for years made, it, made you perceive mental health as a weakness. Yeah. Some of the strongest people I know suffer with mental health, including myself. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, I don't. I say I don't suffer with anxiety or depression anymore. Yep. I may in the future. I don't know. I never say I am free of it. Yeah. Because there's always a chance it can come back. It's one of those. It's manageable. I've got it. I've got it managed. I manage my conditions. Yeah. I always like to say, I have depression. Depression doesn't have me. Exactly. That that is the best saying ever. Yeah. Keep it short and sweet, and it reminds me even when I can feel myself slipping down it reminds me 
okay, yeah, I have this. Yeah, today might be a bad day, but guess what? Depression doesn't have me. I am not only that one thing. Mm -hmm. So I can pick myself back up and I can keep going. And if you're having a really bad day, tomorrow's another day and tomorrow will always be better. One foot in front of the other. Yes, exactly. And that's a really good point. A lot of us, and I'm the same way, we'll look at I'm having a bad day, right? And the whole day is now a write-off. Yeah. But what we need to learn to do, and I've been working on this, is it's not the whole day. It's this one moment in the Mm -hmm. day. And we can change the next moment. And it might be really hard. I mean, I shouldn't say it might. It is really hard, especially (laughs) when you're feeling depressed or anxious or whatever you're dealing with. But from one moment to the next, things can change. So don't go, oh, I'm having a bad day. And maybe all, maybe all of your moments in that day end up being bad. And so then tomorrow say yesterday was a bad day, but don't say today is a bad day. Cause then you're setting up. Like if I was to say that right now at nine o'clock in the morning, I have now ruined my 10 o'clock by 11 o'clock all my afternoon. Right. But only right now might be a bad time. And it's not, I'm enjoying talking to you. I know, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) So I think that's a really important thing for people to change perspective on totally everybody's I mean even people who who never suffer with depression their perspectives about it need surrounding it need to change I mean even the medical profession kind of needs to change its attitude towards it It is happening don't get me wrong it is happening people's attitudes towards it are changing I mean over here in, in the UK we are massively plugging mental health at the moment in respect of uh, they're running it's good to talk campaigns on tv and things like that talking is good yeah. but talking is a therapy yeah that only helps you deal with the issue it doesn't help you necessarily always help you move forward which is where mindset coaching comes in it's like i have cbt qualifications mm-hmm. but i also have cbt and mindset and mindfulness all in one okay. and i found if i just do cbt with somebody Mm-hmm. They don't really move forward. They don't lose the victim mentality as mm-hmm. well as they should do. Whereas if I do, a, if I work with a client and I do CBT and mindfulness together, yeah, boom, they're off. It's like, hi, I'm a new person type thing. Yeah. And that's another good point. There's a lot of different treatment styles mm-hmm. and, and modalities that you can use in order to help yourself. So uh, when I was doing in therapy, um, we were, we started with CBT and we ended up doing DBT by the end of it. Right. And so there's lots of different things that you can do, which is why I always talk about coping skills, which you've already shared. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's part of it is knowing what those skills are that you can implement because I can't always have my therapist when I need them. Right. I have to call, make an appointment and maybe they can get me in that next day. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's two weeks. But if I need to, need to do something for myself right there in that moment, I need to know what can I use right now? Can I use journaling? Can I use meditation? What can I do? And that is where going to therapy really helped is I was in a safe place and I was able to learn those skills so that when I have those moments, I can use them because without first going through that and learning it with somebody who's qualified, there was no way I would be able to do that. No it's it's not a, this is the, the good thing I mean it's, it's like any condition yeah when you get it checked with medication it isn't one medication fixes all 
Exactly. It's the same when it comes to mental health, one coping strategy, it isn't one coping strategy for everybody. It's like what I use might not be used by anybody else. The combinations I use might not be used by anybody else, but by the same token, they might be used by everybody. We don't, you know, you just, you don't know. When I get clients through the door, I always make sure I do a one-to-one, at least one one-to-one session with them to find out where they feel they are in their journey and, and how they want to move forward and things like that. And usually based on what they're telling me, I can pretty much fine tune techniques, even if it's something like if they're suffering with anxiety attacks, breathing mm-hmm. techniques, I've yeah. got dozens of them. And obviously I'm developing new ones and stuff like that all the time. Like for a long time, um, I used to do one where it was basically you, you breathe in for one, you're out for one, in for two, out for two. And you do that all the way up to five. You're doing it now, aren't you? I am. <laughs> Every time I say it, people start doing it. It's really funny. Um, but a couple of my clients were doing it and they, they started like feeling like they were hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's not that that shouldn't happen, but hmm, how can we find you? So what I did is I went back and I went, right, okay, we won't do that one with them. Yeah. We similar one. So basically you breathe in for one, but you breathe out for two. So you take a longer breath out than you do taking it and then it, it kind of but it's weird I would I don't I don't know biologically how it works or why it works I just yeah. know it does work so and if yeah. it works fine I'm happy with that and as soon as I started doing it the the newer version of it they were like I much prefer that version because I don't feel like I'm going to pass out any second yeah. it was like fantastic yeah. so and again it's just like what we were saying no one size fits all nope. you gotta try different things yeah um, so where can people find your book? And I have it on my list. I am getting <laughs> to it. <laughs> it's quite a complex one. Um, basically, um, it's on sale on Amazon in paperback form and on Kindle e-reader. Um, if you buy the paperback version, there's a, a wonderful little thing. Th- thing? Oh, very, very English in me there. Went very common. A thing um, in the front where it says, it's basically celebrate imperfections and what I've done is with the paperback paperback version I'll get my teeth in the paperback version has chapters in random places like chapter 10 is the best one I I use as an example it literally starts halfway down the page oh okay and people are like why have you done that and I was like because I celebrate imperfections oh so my book is an imperfection on purpose to celebrate the imperfections but I've actually put it on the front like in the front blurb of the book now just I love that yes 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 that's cool um and where can people follow you um I'm on Facebook I'm on Instagram um if you're looking for me on Instagram though you'll have to go for Ebony Ray UK so that'll be E-B-O-N-Y R-A-E UK (laughs) Awesome. Get right spelling because it's not rare with a Y, it's rare with an E. The female spelling. There you go. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. Basically, I'm pretty much on every platform you can get your hands on. Excellent. And all of those links will be down in the description below so you can very easily click and follow and um, get that book. And I love the name of your book, The Punch Anxiety. I know it's M-E-N, but The Punch Anxiety in the Face. Yep. That's what got me. I'm like, oh, yes, I want to read this book. It's like everyone says, 
some people have said we love the fact that you've you've put it as in life the universe and because that's a reference to the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh okay yeah yeah the tip of the hat to the, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy because i really love that film and the storybook itself yeah. um, and the fact they have a depressed robot in it it just speaks volumes okay. so it was kind that was kind of my theory behind it but obviously i live with me so yeah. that's why it ended up being me um, and a lot of people did think it was just about living with Emmy. It's not. The book helps anybody who has depression, anxiety. Some of my hints and tips are in some of the chapters. Good. Um, so you will learn some coping strategies if you buy the book. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. You kind of get to learn my, my life story and uh, learn techniques at the same time. Awesome. Yeah, that's how I kind of did mine. It was my life story, but... I mean, part of my life story is what the heck I do to deal with it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I had a great time talking to you. Thank you for having me. I've, it's been a blast. That was such a great interview. I really enjoyed hearing from her. I look forward to reading her book. Uh, maybe by the time this episode is posted, I might have already read it. Who knows? Um, and of course, remember those links are down in the description below so you can give her a follow. Um, and if you are part of our Patreon page, then we do have some behind the scenes footage of our after interview conversation together. So if you want to check that out, that'll also go onto the Patreon page at some point. Um, and as well, we have a merch store if you have any birthdays or holidays that you need to get something for somebody try it if you want to it would really help us out here at the channel if you would support us through getting something from the merch store and remember that 10% of all sales through that store is going to the Canadian Mental Health Association so thank you everybody so very much for joining us again and remember that the only way to end the stigma with mental health is to speak openly and honestly